day. Hebrews 6, 1 through 2. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. Let's pray. God, I just pray today that you would just continue to give us a download for the blueprint for your church. But I, I just keep hearing joy this morning, that there's going to be joy. There's going to be people that need to experience joy. And our joy is it's directly tied to our giving. How much joy you have is connected to how much you're giving. The more we keep holding on to the things of this world, the more it quenches. The things of this world, we know, Lord, they're, they're like the weeds that choke out the seed. And so, Father God, I just pray today that any weeds that have been growing around any of our hearts in here today, that your Holy Spirit would come and pull them out from the root and that you would take soil that was filled with weeds and that you would just clear it out with your Holy Spirit. And that all of a sudden we would become fertile soil to receive the word that you have for us today. To hear your word and your truth and that there is joy in giving. That there's a blueprint for joy in giving. That it's not something we owe, but it's something that we sow. Father God, I pray that this would change our life, that it would change the life of our church, that it would change every family in here every individual connected to this house, that there would be a blessing of joy as they learn the blessing of the blueprint you've given us for your provision as our source. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Malachi chapter four, verse one. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven. And all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. That will leave them neither root nor branch. But to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. There's a fear of the Lord that he wants to teach us. The fear of the Lord is a part of the blueprint for the church. To have an awe and a reverence for him, for who he is, for what he's done, for what he is doing, and for what he will do. There's a fear of the Lord he wants to teach his church. As I was thinking about that last one, the resurrection and eternal judgment, I'd been in Malachi a lot lately, and I kept coming back to it. And He wants to teach his people the fear of of the Lord, the fear of his name, to have an awe and a reverence for him. Sometimes we treat him just like he's our, our, our buddy or our sidekick or just somebody that we can just kind of, when we start to hear the, the conviction come in, like, or when we start to hear the leading of the Holy Spirit, and it's something that we don't want to do, something we're kind of like, mm, I kind of like what's going on over here. I, I don't really want to, I know what the word says. I know what, you know, what he's saying to me right now, but I just want to go my own way. And so we just kind of, we, we disregard him like a, like a buddy or like a friend, like somebody that's given us advice like, like, that we can just say, no, 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 you don't know what you're talking about. No, he's the Lord. We need a healthy fear of the Lord, an awe and reverence for him. 
the truth is, if the governor or the president or some world leader came into the room, many of us, we would have more awe and reverence for him and for what he would say than what the Lord says to us as individuals, than what the Lord says in his word. The son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. You shall trample the wicked for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. On the day that I do this, says the Lord of the hosts, remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Matthew five seventeen. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. These are the words of Jesus. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill for assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Many times we pick and choose, we cherry pick from God's word. What, what we walk in, what we're obedient to, what we listen to from him. We just cherry pick what we like or what we agree with or what our political party says we agree with. And oftentimes people will begin to say, no, 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 the Old Testament, it doesn't matter anymore. No, no, no. Jesus said he didn't come to destroy the law or the prophets. That's the Old Testament. But too often we just kind of put the Old Testament to the side and say it doesn't matter anymore. It's not relevant. No, we just got grace. Grace and grace and grace. And grace covers everything. And we, and we just go on living however we want to live. And we abuse his grace. And we miss out on the joy of walking in obedience to a good father that has good plans for you. Plans to prosper you. Not to harm you. Not, not, not to hurt you. He wants to raise up sons and daughters that are walking in the full authority and power of his Holy Spirit, his presence. But often what we do is we take him as our Savior and we deny him as our Lord. We're okay with him being our Savior, but Lord, no, that kind of enters into some areas that we kind of say, no, this is my area. For Friday night, this is what I get to do. My money, that's what I get. I get to decide how I'm going to do it. I, I don't need you to tell me. I don't need your word to tell me. The Old Testament, it doesn't matter anymore. And so we just pick and choose. We cherry pick throughout Scripture. And you have to ask yourself, today, am I cherry picking what I want? Am I just taking the things I agree with and walking in those, but disregarding other areas where his word is very clear on what it says? Malachi 3. We're going to go backwards through Malachi. Malachi 3, verse 16. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. For some of you in here, you feel like your prayers are just bouncing off of heaven's like walls, off the ceiling of heaven. You just feel like you're praying and they go nowhere. 
And you just feel like you're constantly struggling, you're constantly striving, nothing is ever working, there's no breakthrough coming. You're not seeing it in your life, you're not seeing it in the lives of your family, you're not seeing it in the lives of the people that you're praying for. And you just might be wondering, well, why does it feel like he doesn't even hear me, he doesn't even listen to me? If that's you right now, you might need to ask yourself, do I really fear him? Or do I just come to him when I want something? Do I just come to him when life is kind of hard or difficult and he's my last resort? Using him as a last resort, that's not the fear of the Lord. You disregard him and everything his word says until you run out of options and you realize nothing else is working. But for those who fear the Lord, it says the Lord listens to them and he hears them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. To meditate, to not just come to him once every six months when life gets hard, but to constantly seek after him, to meditate on his word, to lean into his presence. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I make them my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. Revelation 3, verse 4. Yet there are some in the church in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes with evil. They will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. All who are victorious will be clothed in white. I will never erase their names from the book of life, but I will announce before my Father and his angels that they are mine. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Revelation 20, verse 11 through 15. And I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. The earth and sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were open, including the book of life. There's a book of life. There's a book of remembrance. There's a book of the living. It says here in Revelation, the books, plural, were opened. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. There's a judgment day coming. The sea gave up its dead and death and the grave gave up their dead and all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death and anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. You want your name to be in these books. When judgment comes, you want your name listed. And you also want your name listed in the area where there's the book of life. And guess what? If you've given your life to Jesus, you're in. Your name name is in there. But you can also start to store up treasures right now here on earth for yourself when you get to heaven. There's judgment that takes place. And it says that here in Revelation.
You want to be one of the ones that he listens to, that he hears. You want to be one of the ones that fears the Lord. Chapter 3 in Malachi, verse 1. Behold, I send my messengers. I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's soap and like launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to the Lord as in the days of old, as in former years, and I will come near you for judgment. I will be a swift witness against sorcerers, against adulterers, against perjurers, against those who exploit wage earners, widows, and orphans, and against those who turn away an alien because they do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. Now that guy is starting to go through these, these signs of those who fear the Lord and those who don't. You want to be one of the ones that fear the Lord, one of the ones that will be listed in this book of remembrance, one of the ones that the Lord listens to and hears. To do that, be somebody that seeks the Lord first and foremost. Seek after him daily. Sit with him. Sit in his presence before anything else. When you wake up in the morning, seek him. Seek his voice. Ask him for a word. Ask him for direction. Open up the word and tell him to guide. Ask him to guide your steps. And then look for the things that he says in his word and listen to his spirit as he convicts you against these things. I will be a swift witness against sorcerers, against adulterers, against perjurers, against those who exploit wage earners and widows and orphans. I, I had a guy from our church call me this week. He called me on Friday, and he said he quit his job this week. I said, why? I, was like, I thought it was something you liked. He's like, I, I can't do it anymore. He's a car salesman. And he said, what they were doing, what they were taught as car salesmen at this place was you, you do whatever it takes to put people into situations where you, you don't really care whether they can truly afford it or not. You just make the sale, no matter what it takes. And you know in most of those cases, because you, he said, you know, you can see the credit, you can see the financial status, you can see exactly what's going on, and you know exactly the situation you're putting somebody in. And he said, I can't do it anymore because I know what's going on. We're putting families in over their head with a debt that is going to bury them and they won't be able to climb out of. He said, I'm done with that. I said, God's going to reward you. I said, God is going to reward you. I said, it's going to happen soon. It's going to happen quick because this is a step of faith. You're listening to his voice in your life. That's what I told him. You're listening to the conviction of the Holy Spirit and you're walking in obedience and there's a blessing on obedience when you walk in it. He knew. I don't even know if he had read this yet, but he knew against those who exploit wage earners, he knew what he was doing. It was exploitation. And he said, I'm not going to live that way anymore. This world and its ways, it won't be my source. God is my source. God's going to open up a door for him this week. 
When you take a step of faith to honor him, guess what? He's going to honor your faith. He's going to bless you. When you take a step in faith, he's going to bless you. He's going to raise you up. Because they do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. For I, verse 6, for I am the Lord, I do not change. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why am I telling you all this? Right here, verse 8, this is why I'm telling you this. Actually, let me finish verse 7. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances, his word. You've not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. That's the beauty of repentance. Anytime you repent, anytime you come back to him, draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. If you feel conviction today as, as we're going through this message, if you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, there should be no shame in here. Shame doesn't belong here. The Holy Spirit, he gets the entire room. He gets all of us in this moment. If the Holy Spirit gives you something, if he gives you a word today, respond in obedience. Don't let shame drive you. Don't let shame or condemnation drive you today. But conviction, it's going to drive us. We're going to make change by the conviction of the Holy Spirit today. Because when we, when we return to him, what's it say? He will return to us as the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we, re- we return? Here's how, right here, verse 8. This is, why I, this is why I wanted to tell you, he's the same yesterday, he's the same today, he's the same forever. Because there's parts of his word that we have a hard time in the church coming into agreement with. And a lot of it ties back to tithing. A lot of it ties back to giving. Because we've seen the abuse. We've seen some churches that have abused it. We've seen some churches that have guilted people into it. And just like what Nate was saying, Nate shared a good word today. It's not about guilt. It's not about shame. It's about joy. And the word that we're giving you today, this is from the Lord because he has a better plan. The plan you've been doing, it might feel like you're just hitting up against a wall constantly. It might feel like you just you can't move forward in life, like you're just stuck. He wants to release you and set you free today. That's what he wants to do. But money is something that can bury us in the kingdom. Verse 8, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. There is a devourer. There is. That's what his word says right there. Doesn't it just feel like sometimes like, like you, you have money, you have a paycheck come in and then it's just gone? Like it just disappears? Like, you're just paying off this debt, this debt, this debt. You're paying off this credit card over here. There is a devouring spirit in this world. It's a part of the curse. You can live under the curse or you can live under the blessing. There is blessing when you walk in obedience. 
I don't have this verse, but go back with me to Genesis. Brennan might be able to find this. Genesis 3. This is after the fall, Adam and Eve. Genesis 3, verse 17. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and you have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In the Garden of Eden, it was going to be easy. Like, it was good. It's easy in his presence. Everything is easy in his presence. But what did they do? They stepped into disobedience. And so now because of that, as they go forward through this life, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. So the ground is already cursed. It's already more difficult than it was supposed to be. But now, if you hold back the tithe from God, and if you don't know what the tithe is, it's just one-tenth. That's what it is. That's what his word says. You give him the first fruits of whatever comes into your storehouse. You give him that first one-tenth. You give him that first 10%. And, it, and, and some of us, you know, then we start getting into like, well, what, I got to give the government this, I got to give this. So, so to give t-. You, you give him 10% of everything. You give him the first and the best. Because guess what? The ground is already cursed. And if you continue to walk in disobedience to what his word says, when you know the word, guess what? You can't live in ignorance anymore. Now you know what it says. The ground's already cursed. And then if you're cursed on top of that, if you're living under the curse, guess what? There's a devouring spirit. And it comes for you. And it feeds off you. And no matter what, you keep trying to gain and gain and get more in this world. It's never enough because that devouring spirit just keeps eating it all up. But when you walk in obedience to him, guess what? You're not under the curse anymore. You're under the blessing. We we believe Jesus as our savior. We believe that. That's easy for us. But guess what? You can be saved and still living under a curse. You believe him for salvation, but you don't believe him for provision or healing. He's your savior, but he's not your provider or your healer. So the curse of death is broken over your life, but the curse of sickness and poverty still hangs over you. You don't have to walk in sickness and poverty anymore. He's your provider. He's your source. He's your healer. There's some people that are experiencing healing in this season. Guess what? Now all of a sudden, he's freed up those resources that you thought, oh man, I'll never have enough. I'll never have enough. No, he's freed you up because now all the money that you were putting towards that sickness, now you 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 can put it back into him. You can put it back into his kingdom and you can store up treasures in heaven. That's what his word says. When we have a healthy fear and reverence for him, we give him our first and our best. Go back to Malachi, chapter three. Verse eight. In what way have we robbed you in tithes and offerings? You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation, 
Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. There is a supernatural blessing over those who walk in obedience to the Lord. And so for some of you, if you feel like you are just stuck financially, I'm going to tell you today, look at your bank account. Look at where your money is going. Add it up. And just, just ask yourself, am I giving the Lord my first fruits? Am I giving him my 10%? And I tell people this all the time. If you're planted here in this house, give to this house joyfully. God, he's given us a great team of people. We are using this money with wisdom as we walk in the word and we walk by faith. But if you don't feel that, if you don't trust that, go get planted in a house where you can trust it and you can trust him. I just want you planted in a house, in his house. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of great churches out there. You can get planted in a house, but if you're planted in this house, you're not giving to Alex. You're not giving to Andrew. You're not giving to Stone. You're giving to the Lord, and you're trusting him as your source, and you're giving to build his house and his kingdom because that's what we're using. Anything that comes into the storehouse, we're using it to build his kingdom. I told you last week, he gave me a word that in 2024, he's going to give, he's going to increase our storehouse because we're bringing people onto staff and we're building our teams to handle the ministry that's about to take place in 2024 as more and more people come to get planted in the house of revival. That's what's happening in this season. And guess what? You have a chance right now to sow a seed into what he's going to do. You have a chance to sow a seed into the building he's going to give. Today, you got a chance. You can sow a seed. Stop looking at it as something you owe, and it's something you sow. Because guess what? When you sow the seed he's given you, he's going to multiply it. He's going to bring a harvest, 60, 80, 100-fold. It's going to be greater than anything you could ever imagine. I told you last week, I told you last week this, that we had this sunroom that somebody told us it's going to cost $9,000 to repair. And I said, I, I don't know how we're going to fix that. I, I, we're going to have to take a loan. And then I, I got convicted by the word of the Lord. And he said, no, no, no. You're not the borrower anymore. You're a lender. You're not the tail anymore. You're the head. You got debt free in 2020 and you're not going back to slavery. You're not going back to Egypt. There's some of you, he's going to set free this year. I know it because I've seen it in my own life. And there's some of you, he's going to bless in new ways this year because you're going to walk in a new level of obedience to him. I'm seeing the miracle. I'm seeing him open the heavens. Because this week we just had a check show up at our house for $10,000. And I said, I don't know, Lord. Lord, I don't know. Don't. That's what he's doing in this season. There's miracles coming in this season. Expect a miracle. When you sow seed into the house, into his house, there's miracles that are going to come. There's the heavens open. That's what he does. Stop living as the tail. Stop living as the borrower. He wants to make you lenders. He wants to, make, he wants to raise up this church to be a, to be a church that is resourcing people, that's helping people, that we're not begging, we're not, you know, we're not clamoring for anything. No, no, no. We have all of our needs met by the Father because he's our source. That's what he's doing in this season. It says he will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Father God, in the, in the name of Jesus Christ right now, we rebuke the devourer over everyone's life in this room. 
Father God, I pray for everyone in this room. If you want to be the head, if, you, if you're sick of being the tail, just, just put your hands out like you're ready to receive something right now. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would drop into people's hands right now. That just that your anointing, your Holy Spirit, that you would drop the anointing of being the head and not the tail anymore. That they would believe that, they would take hold of it. That today, maybe there's somebody in here that for the very first time ever, they're going to sow into the kingdom. And they're going to give their first fruits. And it's going to be scary. And it's going to be, it's going to feel, there's going to be a sense of dread just coming over them. And we rebuke that in the name of Jesus right now. That you would just be stirring up faith right now in this house. That you would be stirring up faith and belief. And I pray that they would see the windows of heaven open this week. That as they take a step and they sow a seed into your kingdom, into your house, that they would see the windows of heaven open up this week in the name of Jesus. Amen. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. They're going to look at revival and they're going to say, that's a blessed church. It's not by our might, not by our strength. No, no, no. It's because the hand of the Lord is on us. That's it. There's going to be a blessing as we step into obedience to what his word says. Verse 13. Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said it is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance We've all been there, right? We've gone to church for months and life is still hard and it's still difficult and, and we're just like, this isn't working. I thought going to church was gonna make my life easy. Walking in obedience to his voice will make your life easy. Learning to walk with him and to seek after him, guess what? His yoke is easy, his burden is light. So that way, even when the storms come, even when life is difficult, even when life does feel a little bit harder, you're going to walk with your head upright because you know you're the head and not the tail. You're going to walk differently through this world. It's not going to be useless to serve him anymore. You're never going to say again, what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts. So now we call the proud blessed for those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. That's what we do. We, we, we look at what's going on around us and we think, what, what use is it following God? It looks like those people have more over there. It looks like those people have a lot over there. They're getting wealthy. They're getting rich. I, I want that. I want that easy life. And it just feels like the devourer keeps eating up everything we own. In fact, some of you, you've even been tithing in this house for a while, but there's a little bit of that doubt creeping in. Like, what's the point? I'm not, I'm not seeing the windows of heaven open up. I'm not seeing the blessing. Some of you, you haven't even learned how to see the blessing. You haven't even had your eyes open. I, I, I want to open your eyes to that today. There's three different people within our church that they all belong to three different companies. And all three of these companies have gone through layoffs in the past month, month and a half. All three of these men, they made it through the layoffs unscathed. All three of these men, they tithe to God's house. 
That's not a coincidence. That's the Lord's hand of favor. That's the Lord's hand of blessing on their lives. He rebuked the devourer for them. And guess what? Some of you are saying, what about this person? Here, I'm an example. I tithed my entire time at the church I used to be at, and I was let go. I was released. But let me tell you something. When I was released, God had built up my family's storehouse to a place it had never been. He had given us above and beyond what we needed in that season to survive, and not not only survive, but to thrive. We were fine. We were more than fine. It was the... It was the biggest our savings had ever been, and we had just enough. It lasted us just enough. We went all the way down to about, I want to say about $200 in our savings account before we finally got everything set up with the church, all the paperwork, the bank stuff, everything, and the church was able to start paying us a a salary. God had provided, even in that season, Learn to look for his hand on your life. When you're tithing, when you're given the first fruits, guess what? The hand of blessing is upon you. Some of you, you've been tithing for a while and you're kind of like, I haven't seen the windows open. I haven't seen a $10,000 check come into my house. I haven't seen that happen yet. Let me tell you another thing. You gotta learn where to look. There's lots of different places you can look. Another one of my friends, he showed me this a long time ago when we were first talking about trying to get debt-free, we were going through financial peace with him. And we were kind of saying, yeah, I mean, we, we, we tithe, but, you know, I, it just it doesn't feel like we're blessed. It doesn't feel like that sometimes. And, and, and he pointed out, he's like, you guys are definitely blessed. You guys have kids, and they have zero medical bills. They haven't been to the hospital. You don't have, you know, any debt to any hospital right now. Like, the, the hand of blessing is on your life. I hadn't even seen that in my life. Sometimes we take for granted some of the blessings and how he's working and moving, and we don't even acknowledge what he's doing. He was our healer and provider even in that season, and I didn't even see him or recognize him for it. You have to learn how to see with his eyes and not your own. Learn to look for those blessings. Worship team, I'll invite you guys up as we get ready to close here. All this, all this leads in to that verse 16. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. The fear of the Lord is connected to the tithe. He connects it right after here. Some of us, we we say we fear the Lord. We say we believe. He's given us one of the most simple, easiest tests. Do you trust me with 90? Do you trust me with 10% and I'll give you 90 to live on? Do you trust me? That's less than the government asks. That's less than what the government takes from your paycheck. And he's just asking, do you trust me? For the next 60 days, if you're married, talk to your spouse about this. If you're single, 
Just do it. For the next 60 days, anything that comes in, test God. Give 10%. Anything that comes in, just test Him and give 10% over the next 60 days. Guess what? At the end of 60 days, if you're not blessed, if you're like, my life is worse, you come talk to me. I've said this before. Money back guarantee. Money back guarantee. The tithing challenge. We do this every now and then. I've done this before. Nobody's taking me up on it yet. I'm saying it again. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. For the next 60 days, from now until the end of the year, just test him. Test him and see. Make him your source for all things in life. And at the the end of the year, if you're not more blessed than you were before this day and this moment right now, you come to me and you tell me and we will write you a check for the exact amount. Make sure you give online, okay? Don't just tell me, oh, I put a million dollars of cash in there. Like, all right, come on, all right? I'm not falling for that. Something my son Maverick would probably try to pull on me. Give online. We'll go back and we'll, we'll look at the records and we'll, we'll write you a check for that exact amount. This is, you can't lose. You can't lose here. You can. Because guess what? At the end of that time, you're going to look back and you're going to say, this is the most blessing I've ever walked in in my life. You're going to be more full of his Holy Spirit, his presence than you've ever been in your life because you're starting to trust him in a new way and you're taking a step of trust and faith in your relationship with him because guess what? That's what it's about. It was never about the money. It was about, do you want to be with me? Do you trust me? Do you love me? Will you follow after me? That's what it was for Cain and Abel when they brought their offerings. Abel brought his very best because he sought after the heart of the Lord. He sought with everything he had. And Cain, he just brought the leftovers. He just just said, hey, this is kind of what I got left this week. Sixty days. Go here through the end of the year. Test him and see he is good. Philippians 4, verse 18. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me from Epaphroditus. Their sweet-smelling sacrifice is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches who have been given to us in Christ Jesus. He was talking to a generous church in Philippi. And he was encouraging them. They had, they had encouraged him. They had give, given him a gift in a season when he had a need. And he was reminding them, this same God who takes care of me, he will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches. Everything you see, it's his. All of creation, it's his. All the cattle on the hills, it's his. Everything that comes in to your direct deposit, it's already his. He's given you seed, and he's saying, will you trust me? Will you sow it? 
Because if you sow it, I can multiply it. If you sow it, I'll open up the heavens. Would you stand up as we pray? Father God, I just want to pray a blessing over this church. that this would be a day that people would step forward in their faith and that they would begin to test you and see that you are good. That they would begin to see you as their source. Not as their last resort, but as their first and foremost. That you would be the source of all things in their life. They would seek after you with all their hearts, all their mind, all their soul, and all their strength. That they would draw near to you you'll draw near to them. God, I pray that our eyes would be open to see every blessing, every place that your hand is on us, that we would see how you're working and how you're moving, how you're guiding our steps, how you're rebuking the devourer in our lives, and that we would praise you for that, that we would recognize your hand of protection, your hand of favor on our lives. We thank you, Jesus. wants your heart. There's somebody in here, he just, he just wants you to know it, it, it's not about the money. It's about your heart. There, there's somebody in here right now and, and the story of the man, the wealthy man coming to Jesus is coming to me and there's somebody in here right now that needs to hear that. There's a man that came to Jesus and, and G, he said, well, what must I do to follow you? And Jesus said, sell everything because he knew He knew money had a hold of this man's heart. There's somebody in here today, he's telling you, lay it down, sow it, sell it, give it up, follow me. I'm your source. Trust him as your source today. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen.